the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Hold up. Yes, indeed, it is, and a great morning to you. And when I say great, I mean glorious morning to you. At eight minutes after the hour of nine o'clock, we get underway on this free-for-all Friday edition of The Authority. It's the seventh morning of the second month of the year of our Lord, 2020. 25,000 jobs were created last month, 206,000 in the private sector, 19,000 in the public sector. Unemployment rate ticked up to 3.6%. 225,000 when the expectation was 160,000, and that's not all. The revisions were both up, 7,000 jobs, 5,000 in November. November 2000 in December, U6 ticked up to 6.9% long-term unemployment at 19.9% of unemployed. That's unchanged. Average hourly wages up seven cents. That's a 3.1% increase over the past 12 months. Wages are up. Jobs exploding. Once again, the economy is booming. We are winning, and I am not tired of it. How about you? Oh! Yesterday, we celebrated the acquittal of the president in the sham shift show with a little cool in the gang, giving us literally the song celebration. I wanted to change it up today, and I wanted to celebrate how glory it is, glorious it is to live in America with Donald John Trump exploding our job market. Exploding our stock market. Exploding our wages. Doing exactly what he said he was going to do. Oh! I can't get it as high as James can, so... All demographics. 
black people. White people. Latino people. Asian people. All ethnicities. Men. Women. Youth. Seniors who want to work can work till their heart's content, and they don't have to. The disabled. Everybody. Record low unemployment. Wages rising faster than they have in a decade. Manufacturing jobs back. Lower taxes. More take-home pay. You may not be looking for the promised land, but you but, might find it. But we did, James. We did find it anyway, didn't we? Everywhere. Yep. Yep. Don't forget about Cleveland. Everybody, the rising tide of the American economy, lifting all boats to new highs, all of them large and small, businesses deregulated, expanding, growing, hiring, thriving, in an election year, where do you live? Who's America? Our America. But make no mistake. It is Trump's America. Oh. It is. How can you not feel good in the United States of America today? It is a time of extraordinary peace and prosperity, thanks to the leadership of a man fighting against obstacles, obstruction, backstabbing, partisanship, every step of the way. We're killing terrorists from ISIS a couple of months ago. From Iran a couple of weeks ago, and now we just find out from Al-Qaeda also a couple of weeks ago. We're killing our enemies. We are propping up our allies. We are thriving as an American people. Jobs, wages, all of it. All of it due to the resounding economic policies promised us back in 2015 and in the election year of 2016 and coming to fruition in 2017, 2018, 2019, and yes, here in 2020. Non-farm payrolls surged for the month of January, 225,000 jobs. Now, 
we should also point out, the left wants to say that when we have great numbers around November and December, that's just seasonal hiring. Yeah, stores and manufacturers and uh, you know their factories are they're they're hiring because they know they got to churn out a lot more product, they got to sell a lot more, et cetera, because of the Christmas season. If that's true, then all of those people are laid off come January, right? And yet, in the month of January, two hundred twenty-five thousand jobs created. The expectation, according to the Economist, one hundred sixty thousand. The unemployment rate did tick up higher to 3.6%, but for the right reasons, as the labor force participation rate increased 0.2 percentage points to 63.4%, matching its highest level since June of 2013. And you know what happened from 2013 to 2016 in the second term of the Obama administration. The workforce participation rate fell to all-time lows as... Food stamp recipients rose to all-time highs. Now here we are in Trump's economy, in Trump's America, Trump's deregulated and lower-taxed America. Businesses are hiring. People are going back to the workforce. They have their choices of jobs. There are more jobs available than there are people to fill them right now. Which, again, is a glorious thing. You want to know why? Because for people, or for businesses, to get people to take their jobs, they've got to raise the wages. Because they can't get enough people to come and work. That's how an economy is supposed to be run. That's how a business economy in a capitalist society is supposed to be driven where competition drives up wages. Competition drives more job growth. Private enterprise, free market capitalism, that's what this is. Now, I want you to compare all of this capitalist growth, all of this extraordinary time of prosperity put in place when Donald Trump took the reins off of the economy, the regulatory reins. He took us from being a regulatory state to a free state, and this economy has exploded. Now I want you to compare and contrast that to what Bernie Sanders and Pete Buttigieg is, is, uh, are, are, are proposing for you, and Elizabeth Warren. They want to slam the brakes on all of it. They want you to to vote for a repeal of the policies that have led to this incredible explosion of jobs and wages and salaries and more take-home pay and thus more savings and thus more to invest and the growth of the stock market, helping your 401k, helping your mutual funds, helping your 529s if your kids are, are if you're saving for your kids' college, all of, slam the brakes on that, vote for Bernie. Slam the brakes on all of that and vote for socialism. Yes, we'll have to raise your taxes, but but you'll save more money in the end because we'll have Medicare for all. Medicare for all, including, yes, the illegal immigrants, the aliens, they get their share too. They want to raise your taxes and give more money to the government to 
to expect the government to do more with it and better with it than you can, than your boss can, than your CEO and your board of directors who are expanding your business, your industry, so that more of you can be hired. They want you to say, ah, nah, nah, the government will be able to do that much better. Raise the corporate tax rate back up again. Raise the individual tax rate back up again. Slap more regulations on all of these businesses so that they cannot expand and, and, and grow and thrive the way that they are now. Let's put more people back on the food stamp parade as opposed to the wages rising parade, as opposed to the jobs are available for your choosing parade. Let's slam the brakes on all of that and vote for a Democrat. I want you to think about that for a moment. I want what is going on now and what has gone on for the last three years to be screamed from the mountaintops in the month of March. Scream it during the primary season of April. Scream it during the summer. In May, June, and July at convention time. Scream it next fall. Scream it in November. And remind everybody of exactly why this is working. Because it's the exact opposite of what the Democrats want you to do. Holy goodness, we got a show for you today. Coming up in about 15 minutes, Congressman Jim Jordan. He will join us this time, I promise. A little bit later on, we're going to talk to a new congressional candidate, a voice you've heard before, but not in politics. He's been sounding the alarm of national security for a long time. Now he wants to help solve the problems for this country in Congress. We've got a guest. I'll tell you about it uh, coming up at 1035. But for now, you're open. 216-901-0945-888-281-1110. The Bob France Authority, AM 1420, The Answer. Yes, indeed. A glorious free-for-all Friday. It's 924. Congressman Jim Jordan coming up at 935. We're going to talk about the impeachment. We're going to talk about Nancy Pelosi. Will there be a censure of Nancy Pelosi? Matt Gates, congressman from Florida, has filed an ethics complaint against Nancy Pelosi for her behavior during the State of the Union. Uh, meanwhile, the president yesterday taking victory laps. He ought to take another one today. <laughs> because of the performance of the uh, jobs market. But yesterday the president took a victory lap, a well-deserved one after the acquittal, uh, talking, of course, about the witch hunt that started not when he made a, J- a July phone call to Ukraine, but uh, the moment he descended the golden uh, 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 escalator, elevator, or whatever it was. Well, thank you very much, everybody. Wow. We've all been through a lot together, and uh, we probably deserve that hand for all of us because uh, it's been a very unfair situation. Uh, I invited some of our very good friends, and we have limited room, but everybody wanted to come. We kept it down to a minimum, and believe it or not, this is a minimum. Uh, But a tremendous thing was done over the last number of months. But really, if you go back to it over the last number of years, we had the witch hunt. It started from the day... We came down the elevator, myself and our future First Lady, who's with us right now. Thank you, Melania. 
president went on uh, to, uh, again, uh, pat himself on the back, pat his supporters on the back, pat his family on the back for surviving this ridiculous uh, presidential uh, coup d'etat that they tried, uh, and then reminding everybody about what it was. I will not play it for you because what he said he can get away with. If I play it, I'm in trouble with the FCC. But he said what it was. He said this entire thing was bull blank. Immediately criticized by the left because since when don't the left criticize? When does the left not criticize anything or everything done? Trump says, but President Trump just said what all of us would say if we had endured this kind of harassment for three years, first Russia, then this Ukrainian nonsense, the pledge to uh, impeach him before he even was inaugurated. All of us would say this is a bunch of bull blank. And that's exactly what he said yesterday. And you know what else? He probably won more votes when he said it. Because that is how we all feel, and that is how even moderates and independents and undecideds feel, and he feels and acts and speaks like us. Let's take a couple of calls. Jack, in uh, Cleveland Heights, you're on AM 1420, The Answer. Hi, Jack. Go ahead, sir. Thank you. Bob, I don't know if you had a, a chance to catch uh, top pathetocrat uh, Chuck Schumer last night on a cable news primetime program. It is bizarre. Uh, the host, who will leave, I'll leave it to you to uh, name, has a look about their face that they're even just kind of grossed out like that carny that shows up at the county fair year after year <laughs> with the same fun house that's really bad and charges more every year. It is just, it's, uh, it says a lot about top Democratic leadership, pathetocrat leadership uh, uh, in the Senate. It is incredibly dismissive of everything that they've had to endure, um, especially this week, that has come to a head, the enormous defeat that they have suffered. And I would love to hear your take on it, whether it's you know next week or whatever, but it's worth the watch just to see the interaction between the host and Schumer and his lack of eye contact and at one point looking into his lap while he is talking to her and just this bizarre old kind of and, and this was this was this was on what network? Where was this? That this was uh, MSN uh, uh, Hee Haw last night, primetime with uh, uh, Rachel Maddow. <laughs> I just have, it's, oh, you have it. to see it. It's just bizarre. I, I will I, I will look for it, and I've seen similar things to that, but you're making this one sound extra special, so I will definitely have to have a look at it and uh, analyze it. But And thank you for the call, Jack. But uh, but the obvious you know answer to that is, I mean, seriously, he doesn't want to look up. He's, he's ashamed. He's ashamed that he and his party did what they did, knowing full well what the outcome was going to be. That's the funny part about it. Tucker Carlson, two nights ago, said it best. You know, um, we saw Titanic, right? Even in... The, the first two and a half hours of the movie, the love story goes on. We, we know how it's going to end. The boat is going to sink. The ship is going to sink. Yet they, they went ahead with the two and a half hours of, of, of preamble to it anyway. And that's what this was. They knew, Chuck Schumer knew, that at the end of the day, the impeachment ship was going to sink. They could not get 67 votes. They couldn't get 20 Republicans to be Mitt Romney's and flip on the president with this flimsy evidence and this sham impeachment. They were never going to do that. The, the ship was always going to sink. And he knew it and wasted the time and the millions of dollars and the the hours of congressional 
uh, um, uh, legislation and, and committee meetings that could have gone on to help the American people with infrastructure, with trade deals, with drug prices, and all of the other things that they just put on the back burner while they pursued this. He puts his eyes down and can't even look up because the man is ashamed. He knew what the outcome was going to be, and he committed to it anyway. Thank you for the call, my friend. I got more calls coming, but I'm going to ask you to to, uh, be patient because I don't keep Jim Jordan waiting. Jim Jordan is next on AM 1420, The Answer. Nine thirty-five. We continue on AM fourteen twenty. The answer, and uh, we are connecting with Jim Jordan. Hopefully, momentarily. Let me know when he is ready to rock. Uh, Congressman Jim Jordan will be uh, checking in with us about the acquittal of the president. And obviously, what I want to talk to the congressman about here in a moment when we get him, uh, he is ready. I'm told. So we'll uh, talk to him about it right now. Congressman Jim Jordan joining us now from Amer- uh, from uh, Ohio's fourth congressional district. Uh, congressman, good morning. Good to talk to you, sir. Bob, how you doing? I am great. I am fantastic. I feel so amazing about the week that we just experienced. And I didn't expect it to be five days straight of, of outstanding news. You know, Monday, we get the president's approval rating of a record high for him, 49%, which is 3% yep. higher than Barack Obama at the same time of his reelection year. Uh, we also get on Monday, the Demo- it's Friday now, and the Democrats still don't have with 100% certainty. They don't know who won Iowa. Uh, they, 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 they'd screw up a one-car funeral, <laughs> so we got that happening. Tuesday, we get a State of the Union speech that's a home run and a Nancy Pelosi campaign ad for the president. Uh, which we'll talk about in a moment. Wednesday, we get um, uh, the acquittal. Uh, now, today, we get the 225,000 jobs created in an economy in which the uh, the forecasters predicted 160,000. Congress, this has been the best week I've felt in, in, in really a couple of years now. Um, well, America's winning, right? Just like the president said. Yeah. Uh, and his uh, his speech on, uh, on Tuesday evening was just phenomenal. Uh, I said afterwards, you know, he didn't just tell us how good the country is doing. He showed us, and he showed us with those amazing guests he had in the gallery. Uh, I, I, I talked about that, that little two-year-old girl who was born at 21 weeks, all the way up to the 100-year-old Tuskegee Airmen, and all the amazing Americans in between, uh, the, the, the little girl who got the scholarship, the military family being reunited. Of course, Rush Limbaugh and the impact he's had on our country, the amazing service he's given. So it was, uh, and him getting the, 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 the Medal of Freedom, I mean, it was a special night, and, and yet the, what's the Democrats' reaction? Sit on their hands, not applaud American greatness, tear up the speech when it's over. And that, that's, that's, that's the part I think when most Americans look at it and they say, what? You don't want America to, uh, America to succeed? You want to just tear it down? Um, so, no, it was a special night, and it's been an amazing week, as you said, in news. Uh, but most of it's good because uh, we get the fortunate uh, privilege of living in the, uh, in the greatest country ever. Wow, it's almost like you were listening to my open. I played Living in the USA with James Brown. <laughs> Living yeah. in America, I mean, with James Brown. Because that, it is. It's a yeah. great place to be all the time, but especially right now because of the policies that have been implemented by the president uh, that have us just uh, thriving. And I'll come back to some of that in a moment. But speaking of winning, uh, I don't know if you can acknowledge this now or not because Fox News is reporting it as being told by sources, but um, more winning for you. Uh, you've already been the ranking member of the um, uh, oversight committee and now are you moving and shuffling to the ranking committee member of the judiciary well it, it, it was uh, and i want to thank the, the leader mccarthy and the steering committee um they, they decided that that uh, that last night but it still has to be confirmed by the full republican conference um so that'll that'll probably happen next week but i don't want to get ahead of anything i look forward to the 
to the challenge and, and, and the work there. If, if it if it if it works out that way, it, I think it probably will. But uh, we don't want to take anything for granted. And then my, my my good friend Mark Meadows is going to be ranking Metro uh, member of the um, of the oversight committee. So mm-hmm. hopefully that works out. But we'll wait and see what the conference does. I look forward to the challenge, though, if in fact it. Uh, it works out that way. Yeah, I think it's obviously a reward for some extraordinarily uh, uh, work, work extraordinarily well done, I should say, uh, as you have really, really fought such a great fight for the president, and as I tell you every time I see you for the presidency, against all of this impeachment nonsense. Let's, uh, let's go back to Tuesday night now. And I want to talk a little bit more about what happened. Not just Nancy, although that's the focus, because what she did was so obviously pre-planned. We have seen now the videos of her, um, you know, prior to that moment, pre-tearing the the edges of the paper so it would be easier for her to do when it was time to do it. Um, Matt Gates, your colleague from Florida, has um, filed an ethics complaint and is calling for mm-hmm. a censure of the Speaker because it violated, obviously, the longstanding traditions and norms of the Senate. I don't know if it actually violates uh, congressional law, but he is calling for a censure. And Jonathan Turley, who is a liberal Democrat, not a Trump yeah. supporter, and uh, obviously a, a, a law professor at George Washington, wrote an essay for The Hill yesterday, an op-ed for The Hill yesterday, saying Nancy Pelosi shouldn't just be censured. She should resign. What do you say, Congressman? I think that the behavior was just flat-out wrong. Uh, there, there's, there's no you know, if, ands, buts about it. And I think uh, Congressman Gates is right. Um, whether she resigns or not, that's going to be up to her. Uh, you know, that's her and, and, and her conference's uh, decision. But the American people see it for what it is. It's, it's poor form. It's wrong behavior, um, particularly when it, this is as close to pageantry and as America gets. This happens but once a year. It's a time where we can talk about the state of our union. And as the president rightly said that night, the state of our union is strong. And frankly, it's gotten a lot stronger in his presidency. And that's what we all appreciate so much about this president and about what's happening in our great country. And for the Speaker of the United States House of Representatives to behave in the manner that she did is just not appropriate. It's just not right. And, and Americans see it for what it is. And I think a bunch of Democrats see that for, uh, see that, uh, see it that way. So, um, Matt Gates is exactly right. Uh, we'll see what, what ends up happening. Probably nothing. And we had a, a issue. We had a, a resolution on the floor yesterday. The Democrats tabled it. So um, we'll go on from there. But the American people have a way of of uh, dealing with this stuff, and it's called Election Day. And that's only a, a few short months away. So we'll see what happens then as well. We're talking to Congressman Jim Jordan. Uh, you mentioned even Democrats are upset with that. I played on this program, and I don't know if you had a chance to hear it. You're a very busy guy, but call-ins to C-SPAN after the State of the Union address and after that happened. Yeah. Now, this isn't call-ins to Fox News. These aren't conservatives. Yeah. Democrat after Democrat after Democrat called into a nonpartisan. We just show the proceedings that go on in the in the in the House and Senate chambers. That's all they do. Call-ins of Democrat after Democrat said, "I am never voting Democrat again." I was appalled yeah. i was disgusted i won't become a republican many of them said but i will not vote for democrats and i will vote for this president because that is unacceptable I- yeah. i'm wondering no, if they realize how much damage they did to themselves yeah i had heard the same thing someone, someone told me that yesterday it's like that that again because it just you, we understand just people i mean that that is like you watch this and you say wait a minute this was an amazing night those folks that the president honored the numbers that the president gave about our economic growth, what's happening in foreign policy, what's happening with our military, all that stuff. And then you saw it. You saw these people. I mean, that, how could you not applaud that military family coming? How could you not applaud Rush Limbaugh, who's, who's dealing with stage four cancer, getting the Medal of Freedom? I mean, it's like I don't get the behavior that we saw from Nancy Pelosi ripping up a speech where all that was conveyed to 
to the, the folks who get the privilege of living in this great country, and then it's that type of reaction from her and from so many Democrats. Uh, of course, people are going to call her and say, I've had it with this, uh, this kind of uh, behavior. I want to talk about um, the Democrats now, and particularly I want to talk about the Bidens. We all know that uh, what, the, what the Democrats were trying to do here with this impeachment, number one, was just follow through on something they promised before inauguration. You know, I mean, literally, and if you look at Strzok and Page with the quote-unquote insurance plan, insurance policy, even before yeah. he won, uh, before November 8, 2016. Uh, so they did it for that reason, but the other reason they did it, I believe, was to protect the Bidens because there is a lot of dirt that the president uh, wanted to have uncovered, not because they are Bidens and not because Joe may someday run for president. Remember when this whole thing started, he was not a declared candidate for president. Yeah. But because of the corruption in Ukraine involving hundreds of, of millions of American dollars, uh, word today is that the Treasury Department uh, is receiving some very important information and that they are going to act on it with respect to an investigation that also in the Senate, Lindsey Graham has said we are going to undertake yeah. an investigation of money laundering and far worse things that are coming out right now of Ukraine. Do you believe that it's time to just say, look, let's focus on legislative matters and get into the election? Or do you think that now the Republicans, particularly on the Senate side, should indeed open investigations into uh, some well, very, very serious charges against the Bidens? I think it's going to happen. I think, I think uh, Senator Grassley and Senator Johnson are serious about finding out what exactly took place here. So, um, and I, I know both of those senators, they're, they're, they're great guys uh, and, and super do, do a great job as, as United States senators. I think they're going to look into this and they're going to figure it out because it does, I mean, we don't have to even know all the details at this point. We know like something doesn't smell right here. Well, we've known that since day one, since we first got the news about the arrangement Hunter Biden had um, with the, um, with, with this Burisma, this Ukrainian company. So I think they're going to look into it. I do think the American people want us. In a general sense, most of this is, I mean, I think about the Democrats, uh, you know, all the things they've attacked the president. I think they want us to get busy, busy doing the things we told them we were going to do and dealing with policy issues. But I do know that, um, uh, you know, I still, I'm still concerned about what Mr. Durham's going to find, about the origins of the Trump-Russia investigation, what the FBI called crossfire hurricane. Um, and we'll, we'll, we'll see how that shakes out here later this, this year as well. But I think, I think Senator, uh, Grassley and Senator Johnson are in fact going to look into this. Yeah, um, I hope they do, and I know everybody else does, too, because now that the, the president's nightmare is over, well, you know what, Congressman, let's back up. I don't even know if the president's nightmare is over. Remember, they still have control of, of the House not. at least until November. and I not. Yeah, and hopefully there is a, you know, if there's ever been a, a louder, you know, uh, clarion call to, to, uh, American patriots to donate to the campaigns of a Republican candidates for Congress so that we can take that, the House back over and stop this nonsense from starting up again in President Trump's second term. It's been heard. We, we need, it's so extraordinarily important to do that. But while they do have control for the rest of 2020, I'm, I'm looking at a headline right now. Dems Eye Friday court ruling, new probes, more support. Subpoenas, including perhaps of John Bolton now after the fact in their never-ending anti-Trump drive. So they're, they're not just going to let this rest. Of, of course they're not going to stop. They're gonna, I mean, Jerry Nadler said yesterday that they expect to subpoena John Bolton. They're, they're looking to see what Don McGahn, uh, what happens in that court, court proceeding with Don McGahn. So this, I, I, think, I don't know how many times I've said that this is never going to end because, remember, it started before he was even president. Right. This started in July of 2016, so they've been out to get this guy since day one, and it's it's never going to stop. But 
the, the amazing thing about President Trump is, in spite of all that, he has done an outstanding job, an amazing job of getting success and doing what he said he was going to do uh, for this country. And that's what the American people appreciate so much about him. Congressman, you're not a Democrat, and you're not a part of their uh, process over there, but I do want to just ask your opinion of what you saw in Iowa and also what you think of the perceived front-runner, the guy that was so dangerous to Trump that Trump had to try to get dirt on him, was the narrative, of course, Joe Biden. He finished fourth, according to the latest goofy yeah. recount and, and do-overs and everything else that the, uh, uh, the Democratic National Committee and the Iowa Democrat Party came for, forward with uh, after Monday. He, Regardless of the, who finished at the top, and it looks like it's a Bernie and, and uh, Buttigieg tie. Uh, Biden finished fourth and said he yep. took a gut punch. And according to polling, he's not doing very much better in New Hampshire. Uh, New Hampshire, excuse yeah. me. Uh, is his campaign just off the rails? Well, it may be. Uh, you know, he, they, they, they talk about, you know, he'll do better in South Carolina. I assume that's the case. Uh, of course, you have to get to South Carolina. Um, so we'll see. I think it's interesting, though, that think about all the things that were, that were kind of to his advantage. You know, first of all, you, you had the, the fact that Nancy Pelosi held the articles of impeachment. And so he had basically uh, full reign of the playing field for, for a few weeks while the Senate was tied up with this, with this crazy impeachment deal. And then you had the, the poll that didn't come out the day before. You had all the screw-ups on Election Day. So it seemed like even though he had so many advantages, he didn't do very well, finished in fourth place. So we'll see what happens. I, I always just come back to the fact I don't think any of them can beat the president. I think the president is such a strong candidate but has done such a good job. I do not see any of them having a chance to beat the president. Um, and, you know, we'll see which one, who the nominee is. And when it happens, I think uh, when, when the race happens, I think the president's going to win. And I think there's real potential he wins big. And if he wins big, then there's the very real potential that we take back the House of Representatives. And then we can really get about doing the things we told the American yeah. people that we, uh, we were going to do. God willing. Uh, God willing that that take place. So the last thing I want to ask you about is, your uh, impression of what Mitt Romney did, it's not just that he was the only Republican to break ranks and, and side with the Democrats in this ridiculous, non-evidentiary case that they brought forward. Literally, they had no evidence whatsoever. Uh, it, it was it was every bit the shift-sham yeah. show that we said it was. So it's not just that he voted with them, but to me, what I want to get your thoughts on is the way he draped himself in his faith, acting as if he was working for God by, by voting against uh, Donald Trump, that he had no choice whatsoever because his faith tells him to always do the right thing. Uh, the, it, it, Mitt Romney has had a, a frosty, if not outright, you know, adversarial yeah. relationship with Donald Trump for years. A guy who takes his endorsements in 2012 and 2018 as he's running for office and then turns around and stabs him in the back. What was your take on Romney's vote and his reasoning for his vote? Well, I said to someone, I said, I don't think uh, Mitt Romney would be getting a cabinet position in uh, President Trump's second term. Uh, I think he was, uh, I, I just think he was wrong. Um, look, he, you know, members are allowed to vote the way that they want to vote, uh, and they can cite whatever reason they want to cite. Uh, I think I think the American people, particularly Republicans, understand that it was the wrong vote. I said that to the press the day he announced he was going to do it. Um, it's just the wrong thing to do. And, and as you you pointed out so many times and so well, Bob, uh, all the, all the, the, the facts were so on the president's side. The Constitution was on the president's side. The legal arguments were on the president's side. And frankly, the lack of due process was another great argument for the president's case because he was denied all any semblance of due process during the House proceedings. So for all those reasons, uh, it's like everyone else thought, uh, and frankly, four Democrats in the House of Representatives thought that way, too. 
for goodness sake. So what the, what the senator did was the wrong vote, but uh, he's entitled to cast the wrong vote, and he'll have to go stand in front of the folks of Utah here in a few years, and we'll see if they, uh, you know, we'll see how, what, what weight they give that vote when it's time for him to run for re-election. Yeah, and I would just like to say congratulations to the others who were kind of considered, especially because of the the district or the states in which they uh, they serve. Yep. Uh, you know, Lisa Murkowski yep. and Susan Collins and Corey Gardner and Lamar. There are a lot of yep. Alexander's not running again, but but you know they they did they did the right thing because it was the right yep. thing and and didn't cave into right. that pressure right. that may that may cost them you know a lot of independent votes or or uh, moderate Democrat votes when they run for election in their various states. So they, I, I give them a yep. lot of credit. Sure. Uh, Congressman hey, I'm sorry Jim- about yesterday. I was supposed to be on yesterday, and I got from speeding, and I saw it look down. For some reason, we didn't have it on the calendar, but... Uh- well, you know what? You get pulled. You get pulled into meetings all the time, and I realize where the priorities are: serving the American people, not appearing on the Bob France show. So, so I, yeah, I'll take you, and I can get on. you, sir. You, you keep up the great work, uh, and I look forward to seeing you as the ranking member of the Judiciary Committee after the committee uh, brings that forth, or, or the uh, or, uh, I forget what it is, uh, uh, the assembly conference. Yeah, the conference. conference yeah. Thank you. That has to do yeah. that for you, but uh, keep up the great work on behalf of the American people. We'll talk to you again soon. Thanks, Bob. Thank you. Thank you, sir. That's Jim Jordan. On AM fourteen twenty, the answer. This guy, uh, this guy's one of the most powerful and passionate members of the United States Congress. A man that a lot of people want to see as president. Uh, I, I would love to see that too, but he's not going to talk about that. Somebody even asked me off the air, "Hey, will you ask him if he'll run for president?" He's not going to do that until there's another race to run, maybe. And even then, who knows? But that wouldn't be until 2024. He's not going to talk about that now while we work to reelect President Trump in 2020. But. Uh, Congressman Jim Jordan, one of the best, and is apologizing to me. <laughs> no, you do your work, and you come to me when you have a, t- a chance to. All right, 952, we'll come right back. Some phone calls before the top of the hour on AM 1420 The Answer. All right, 957, got time for a couple of phone calls here before the top of the hour. Plenty of time for phone calls after the top of the hour as well. Our next guest isn't until 1035, so free for all. Anything you want to ask, anything you want to say, anything you want to uh, query me about, uh, doesn't matter. It's free for all until 1035 when we have our next guest, who I will introduce at that time. Uh, right now we'll go to uh, Middleburg Heights, and that's going to be Dan. You are on AM 1420. The answer, Dan, go right ahead. Uh, good morning. Good morning. Um, through a, a- uh, uh, actually, uh, I have two sources on, on Romney, okay. and it was also on the Laura Ingram show, which I missed because I fell asleep two nights ago. Yeah, but what an explanation? Possibly, I want you to tell me if you've heard about this. That Romney, you know, that he changed his vote. He an hour before he told uh, Mike Lee from Utah, the other senator, that he wasn't going to do that, and then an hour later, he went and did what he did. Now, what I heard is Romney either has an aide or relatives on that barista board of directors in the Ukraine also. And it was on Laura Ingram. She addressed it to Lindsey Graham, and he changed the subject. Um, look, there, there you has been, well, not, not specifically. Um, okay. There, there have been multiple reports 
um, by some agencies or news outlets that say not only was Mitt Romney's son not on the board of Burisma, but was connected to it in some way in Ukraine. Okay. But also that Nancy Pelosi's son, Paul Pelosi, was a part of it. And they, they've got this big, long thing. And this is the problem. One or two of these might be true. But what it, it's, you know, it's like the old telephone game. You tell somebody, you call somebody and tell them right. one story. By the time they tell it to the second person in a time that reaches the 50th person, the story is totally different. It gets exa- exaggerated and it just gets, you know, ex- but, you know, uh, but related to Trump, if you notice, anytime yeah. he wants to pull out of a country with troops, they they swoop down on him. So Trump in in this impeachment, he yeah. never said anything about elections. They just extrapolated it out because of Correct. Biden. But if Correct. all these people are involved with barista, and, and on top of this, there's also another guy named Blake Black from the CIA, and also another head guy from Merrill Lynch that are all on this board. Well, uh, let me say this, and thank you, thank you, Dan. I got to get to okay. the news here, but let me say this in response. First of all, you're right. Uh, uh, you know, in terms of them, uh, uh, more and more people being involved in this than people realize. But again, I have seen just as many reports refuting the notion that the sons of Pelosi, Romney, and another one you didn't mention, John Kerry, are all on boards of energy companies doing business in Ukraine. I've seen just as many reports refuting it as I have seen alleging it. I don't know what to believe right now. I didn't see Laura on the program you talked about, so I, I don't want to go there and i don't want to allege some grand conspiracy here and and whether or not that affected mitt romney's vote i found it interesting that romney voted for conviction on the abuse of power charge but against on the obstruction of congress why he did one of each if he was going to try to protect himself or his son or whatever he would have been you know uh, unanimous on both sides so i don't think there's anything to that to be 100 percent honest with you i think mitt romney has just hated donald trump for decades uh they're, they've been rivals and they set aside their differences from time to time for endorsement purposes but this was mitt romney just being vindictive and petty in trying to hit a man that he does not like i think that's the extent of that one thanks for the call my friend more calls coming up like i said free for all no guests until 10 35. This is the time to dial. Get in line now. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.